Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and this is a very, very late Cheltenham Festival anti-post preview. It is the 5th of March, under two weeks till we're going to be all sitting on our sofas, sadly not on the race course, watching Tuesday. And, you know, there won't be a Cheltenham Raw this year, although I'm sure there will be around the living rooms across the country. Joining me today are two expert guests, two veterans of the Odds Checker betting show. First, Ed Quigley. Ed, you are, of course, a racing expert. That's why you're here. But in recent times, you've also turned into our Cheltenham weatherman as well, given that you live very close to the course. So let us know. I mean, you said to me off air a second ago that come Tuesday the 16th, we could have a bit of spring ground. Quite possibly, yes. It was interesting, wasn't it, listening to the uh, the team down at Charlton Racecourse, the ground staff saying if the, the meeting were to start tomorrow, if you like, it would be officially good to soft. Uh, apart from about a 20-minute drizzle last night, this is now, not that I'm counting, but this is now day number 10 without any rain uh, in Cheltenham. So the ground is drying up all the time. Uh, I've been looking at various different weather forecasts. They all roughly tally to the same thing, pretty much saying it's going to be dry now, continuing through till about next Tuesday. Then there is a band of rain moving in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Now, the top end of it is saying kind of 30 millimetres, the low end saying 10. So as it's how much of that hits the track will be important. But then even saying that, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then into the actual Channel Festival itself, uh, all clear blue skies, temperatures getting up into double figures. So... Uh, we touched about it on a previous show of Andy Holding. We were saying like last year's champion hurdle was around the time suggesting it was almost heavy. Mm. Uh, we, we generally could be looking at a total chalk and cheese affair here where we could have the old inverted commas spring ground. And I think good to soft is pretty much a strong odds on whether it's good to soft, good in places or the slow side of good to soft. Uh, it'll be one of those two. But it, it, if the weather holds up and isn't of uh, Michael Fish proportions, we're, we're looking at some nice, <laughs> nice spring ground, which is something, you know, all punters should bear in mind that a lot of these anti-post lists, all pretty much based on form, must be run on a bog for the last five months. So definitely something to bear in mind. We could be looking at substantially quicker ground than what a lot of these horses have been used to. Interesting stuff as well. And you'd think that Cheltenham Festival form as well called into question there as well, if you think the way that the festival has been going for the last couple of years. Um you know, it's going to make it all the more difficult watching it from the sofa for those of us who are used to being in the Guinness Village at midday on on, a, on the Tuesday with the bright blue skies and uh, and the good ground. Uh, joining me as well is Andrew Thornton. Andrew, very, very happy to have you here with us today. Um, going to come to you with, I guess, the awkward elephant in the room. You know, this is a betting podcast. We are not going to talk about um, the news that has been going on in the uh, in the build up to Cheltenham Festival with the photo that emerged of Gordon Elliott, but of course it does impact um, what we are going to be discussing here today. Now, of course, nobody at Odds Checker condones that behaviour. We will support whatever action is is taken against those involved. But we've already seen certain horses being taken off Gordon Elliott himself, and we are waiting. Now, as I say, this is we're recording this on on the fifth of March on on the Friday. We're waiting to find out what impact this is going to have on the runners that would normally be at Cheltenham Festival with Gordon Elliott ahead, which will impact the market. So we're waiting to hear on that. But you know, you're somebody, Andrew, who you know you you rode horses professionally for for a very long time. You, you know the game inside out better than any of us racing fans possibly could. It's been a difficult week for for the sport that we all love. It has. George, um, you know, it's it's something that it, Gordon himself is going to regret for the rest of his life and he's paying for it now. And, you know, the fo- it doesn't matter when the photo was taken. We, be- we believe it was 
could be 18 months ago, if not longer than that. You know, the, the care that's taken with his horses in the yard, it, we've always been told it's second to none. He's got all the best facilities. He's got uh, everything else that goes with it. But one severe, severe misjudgment on his part, stupidity beyond belief, um, you know, is taken as you see it. And uh, sadly, every a lot of other people get tired with the same brush, which I can assure everybody out there, that is not the case. I, I believe it's a it's something he's done stupidly. You know, sadly, the horse passed away and he's seen to the point of almost gloating over what... And it appears that he's gloating what has happened. And that is just totally... You know, Ted Walsh, as Ted Walsh said, it's not the Gordon Elliott that I know what I saw in that picture. And, that you know, I don't know Gordon that well. Uh, and you've got to take what Ted said as as the truth. And, you know, as I, I believe it is something that is just, um, it's been an aberration. And, you know, uh, he's going he's gonna to pay for it big time and he has done already whereas what we've seen with the horses taken away so you know I just uh, we just need clearing up ASAP yeah of course uh, Gigginstown saying they'll be standing by Gordon Elliott and keeping the horses with him for the time being of course that may change depending on the hearing in the next couple of weeks so apologies if any of this is out of date in terms of prices because you know, fairly obvious that if, if a fair few of, of Gordon Elliott's runners were unable to to race uh, at the festival, then these markets will change pretty quickly. But let's get into the racing itself then and get into the previews. The way this is going to work is we are going to go through the four feature races of the week. So we're going to kick off with the champion hurdle into the champion chase, then the stays, <coughs> followed by the gold cup, then going to rattle through the the hot pots, should we say, the festival hot pots this year, the favourites asking both Ed and Andrew if they are bankers or if they are busts. Those of you who like your short price Cheltenham Ackers, make sure you keep an ear out there. And then we're going to close with a nap for each day. So a best bet from each of them Tuesday, when, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and then Friday. Do download the Odds Checker app before we get into this for the very, very best prices, the best free bets, bookie offers. Uh, and the very best tipsters as well. Andy Holding, of course, not on this call, but keep your ear out to the end of the podcast where we will be previewing our Cheltenham Festival preview in association with Betfair, which will be out next week with Tony Calvin, Andy Holding and Barry Orr. But let's stick to this podcast for the time being. If you want more content next week where we'll be going through every single race of the festival, that will be the time to do it. But let's get into the champion hurdle then and what a champion hurdle it looks to be. Incredibly excited for this on Tuesday. Honeysuckle, just about the favourite at five to two. That's with William Hill and Skybet. Although I should mention neither of those two firms are not running no bet in case she does go to the mares late on. Epitont is seven to two. Goshen four to one. Abracadabra is twelve to one. Silver Street fourteen to one. Charger sixteen to one. James de Burley twenty to one alongside Aspire Tower. Ed, coming to you first here. What a champion hurdle this is! Three absolute titans at the top, all very very different profiles. Are you looking at those ones or are you looking for a bit of a uh, bit of value at bigger prices? I don't know where to look to be honest with you on the back of this. Uh, yeah, it's um, the the revival of Goshen, of course, has added a, a new totally dynamic back into this race, doesn't it, really? Because um, he'll wear his heart on his sword. There'll be a load of pace on in this race. 
of Goshen and Honeysuckle. Obviously, I won't harp on about it, but at the time of recording, uh, if I knew Abracadabras was lining up, I, I'd think he'd be a, a cracking each way better, a double figure price, because as I said, this race will be set up perfectly for him. The ground's drying up. Got within a nose of Shishkin last year, of course. Where that hasn't turned out to be bad form at all, has it? And uh, I think the race would really play to his strengths. Um, Void of that, look at it, the big three. Uh, it's fascinating, isn't it? Um, very quickly, I mean, yeah, Goshen's back to his best. Uh, was he flattered last time out? Possibly, yes. I mean, if you take the figures strictly, he's run some mark in the mid-170s, which um, puts his wing canton run of kind of Easterback proportion. So it clearly wasn't that good. And I think Song for someone underperformed. The truth is, his actual performance was probably somewhere in the middle. Nonetheless, it was great to see him back. Uh, I think soft ground will suit, suit him if you get it. I just wonder whether ground conditions will be soft enough for him. Nonetheless, look, he's exciting. As regards to Epiton, um, again, I'm a little bit sitting on the fence with her. There's two ways of looking at it. You're getting 7-2, to two, uh, about a high-class mare who won this race 12 months ago, looked brilliant on her comeback at Newcastle, uh, but then flopped last time out at Kempton. So you're taking 7-2, to two, about a mare who's been thumped three months ago, or you're taking the trust in Nicky Henson and his 62 Charter Festival winners to get her back to her best for the big day. It's a, it's a tricky one, really. She's had treatment for a kissing spine, I believe, and back physio. That was the, the the reason for a Kempton blow-par performance. And then you've got Honeysuckle, of course, who's unbeaten and has been mopping up uh, all before her. Uh, the difference here is the old course on better ground, tighter track, a little bit different to the kind of scenario she's been used to, hasn't she? Uh, she's been soft to heavy ground in Ireland, including over further, including over further as we saw at the Channel Festival last year. So funny kind of way you can pick holes in all of them and that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. And, and the thing that interests me with the top three is how the market's going to look on, on the day. You know, you've got Honeysuckle 5-2, to two, Epiton 7-2, to two, Goshen 4-1. So, so, so just very quickly, Joe, I was just going to say that the ground is a huge factor. I know mm. bore everyone to death with it. But honestly, if this came up like last year's ground conditions, soft, I think Honeysuckle uh, it would absolutely trounce them. Uh, I just think she's going to be for the first time in her life, in a totally unusual set of circumstances, if the weather holds true, that she's not used to. You know, she could be looking at bordering on good ground on a sharp, sharper two miles than anything she's been racing on recently. And that will pose a big question to her. But there's no no denying she has a lot of class. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I mean, the, the form of Honeysuckle and, and, and the quality and the calibre is quite clearly there. The same for Epiton, of course, after last year and connections there. So I wonder... I wonder, especially given Goshen's issues previously this year, that four to one at the moment, if you're going to be a Goshen backer, I'd maybe wait till on the day. I can't see, I mean, it would take a big old punt against those two to see Goshen going off shorter than four to one on the day, I'd have thought. Andrew, where are you looking at? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a huge Honeysuckle fan. I mean, she, yeah, bear in mind, she won the, um, the, uh, the Leopardstown race that I was champion hurdle last year. Uh, that was pretty much good ground if not it was sharp ground if you remember there were so many horses pulled out sort of two years ago that the ground was on the quicks i don't have a problem with her on the ground conditions she she lines up i think she she's versatile whether it's good ground or whether it's softer heavy ground she she handles everything good horses handle everything she fits that brief you know i thought that her win against uh benny de Dieu, i thought that was the best race of the you know it was the it was the mayor's race but you know we, i think everybody was talking about that it was it's a shame there was the mayor's race because you'd have loved to have seen them lining up in the the whether it be the champion hurdle or whether benny did would have probably gone stairs hurdle route mm. um i just think she's top class i think she's improved i, I really think she's improved and what she'd done 
last year, what I saw uh, at Christmas was was breathtaking. I think she's versatile how she can be ridden. Rachel doesn't have to pop her out. The fact that Goshen's in there, she doesn't. She will pop her out the gate, but she certainly certainly doesn't have to make the running. She's straightforward, ten from ten, getting that mare's allowance. Goshen, I mean, it was a mud bath at Wincanton, a mm. mud bath, and we've heard from uh, John Ketley. My good friend Ed Quigley, aka, <laughs> uh, the, the ground conditions. It's they've had no rain the last ten days. There's very little forecast. A bit next week, which is perfect for Cheltenham going into the first day. We know it's not going to be quick ground, but it's going to be fresh ground. Bearing in mind, it's ground that's kept fresh mm. for the festival, so it'll be perfect ground. Sadly for Goshen. I can see him running his race, but he's a, he's going to get for me. He'll get done for a turn of foot. Um, you know, there's there's nothing more than any. I can tell you now, any jockey, anybody there would love to see redemption for Jeremy, for Jeremy after what happened. Last I think year. It, it would generally be it'd be one of the best moments in in Charlton ah. Festival history if if Goshen goes and wins this. I'll be honest with you. Even talking about that sends a shiver straight down my neck. <laughs> yeah. For Jeremy, what he went through and what he's been through. This year, privately, etc., and the way the horse has come back, we'd love to see it. And now he's a high, this horse is a high-class flat horse. Bearing in mind, he got beaten um, earlier in the year by horses, a Group Three horse, and they were a bit disappointed with him when he ran down at Goodwood. So, you know, do, is he a mudlark? I think I think he handles good ground, but it, the thing with heavy ground is it inconveniences everything else, and that is. That is his forte. He's a grinder, relentless galloper. So I'll be shouting for him. Do I think he'll win? No, is my answer. Honeysuckle, I'm all over her. Epitont, she obviously had that blip. Every horse has a blip. You don't go through time. And we know so much about physios, etc. nowadays and what horses have and what they had for breakfast, what they didn't eat. We know everything about them now. But it's like humans. We all have bad days. She had a bad day at the office. But the top and bottom of it is with the uh, fighting fifth run. So Royal, brilliant, hardy individual, but he's not champion hurdle class. And and she did what she should have done to him up at Newcastle. Very effective. I um I, I'd, I'd love to think it's a brave Inga, hardy Eustace, Hartchie Bald coming down to the last champion hurdle, and you can see that, can't you? You you can envisage what might happen, but who's going to have the best turn of foot? But Honeysuckle, she's proven she travels and she loves Cheltenham. I'm with her. But I do think something will underperform. If that's Goshen, I think Sharjah is the each-way bet, bar none. Because you're going to have your ground conditions. You know he doesn't perform well in February. We spoke about this on Odds Checker before. Mm. It's just not his time of year. And the ground isn't for him. But the drying ground conditions, this horse will be played late in what I would think could be there were 17 runners in the champion hurdle last year i think we might be talking 12 or 13 this year so he's not going to be that far back but he's what i call the theater world who finished second to wister brack on three occasions he's going to be played with that run whether he's good enough to win is another matter but he's a, he's certainly an each way play to fill a place at a price 
interesting stuff there and especially because a lot of the, the coverage surrounding this race will focus on those top three but positive words there for Sharjah from Andrew and for Abracadabras from Ed before we move on a couple of things now Andrew you just said there you know questioning is Goshen a mudlark I take you back to the 7th of June 2019 Brighton race course a 0 to 70 <laughs> Goshen off 64 on good ground wins by 12 lengths off a mark of 64 absolutely unbelievable so who Who's saying he can't go and win a champion hurdle on good ground, good spring ground as well? Surely that form. Can I, can I take? Can I just get in? When's the last horse to win off sixty-four? When you went up to the <laughs> Hopefully, the listeners and the viewers can see the tongue in my cheek as I say that. Uh, and then with honeysuckle as well. Interestingly, um, we went to go uh, at Odds Checker, went to go and interview Fergal O'Brien, uh, went to go and visit his yard at Cheltenham last week, and um, and I one of the questions that I asked him in the interview was if you could pick any horse from another yard and steal it and move it over to your stables uh, ahead of the Cheltenham Festival, who would you pick? And he said, Honeysuckle. He's absolutely smitten with her um, and said if he could pick anyone, it would be her. So do go and check out that interview with Fergal O'Brien. If you go to our YouTube channel, the Odds Checker YouTube channel, and look out for A Day in the Life of Fergal O'Brien, you can see there he talks about his his Cheltenham runners too uh, in Imperial Alcazar, his favourite for the Potemps. Um, Ala Philippe, who who goes well, uh, should go well uh, in the Albert Bartlett and Dolcita, of course, who finished second behind Concertista last year in the Mayor's Novice, goes for the Mayor's, having moved over to Fergal's from Willie Mullins. So plenty of content there. Do go and check out that video when you get a second. Great man, Fergal is. Beautiful sausage rolls there in the morning, although didn't have any of his famous cake, which was a bit of a shame. Uh, I was looking forward to it all week, but maybe next time he did invite us back, which is very kind. On then to the champion chase on the Wednesday, and Chacun Pour Soi is the 10 to 11 favourite. Altior 7 to 1, Nuba Negra 8 to 1, Politolog 10 to 1, put the kettle on, who was an anti post pick for Andy Holding 12 to 1, 14 to 1, first flow, So Royale 12 to 1. Andrew, stick with you here. I mean, we're going to do the, the bankers or busts later on, but we may as well get this one done and dusted here. Chacun Pour Soi 10 to 11 goes in. Or one to swerve? I'm going to swerve him. Oof. I'm going to swerve him. Um, I just think he's been... The races you go taken on in Ireland. I'm, you know, you're trying to get some of these short ones beat. He, he, you, know, you can't argue with his form. He's never travelled so far, apart from, obviously, when he was trained in France and he went across to Willie Mullins's. Um, but then he did have three years off before he ran. <laughs> so he had time to get over that experience how is he going to travel for an older horse we don't know um, will he handle the undulating track of Cheltenham we don't know um, I think ground I think he's he's proven that he, he can handle decent ground as he doesn't have to be a, a bog um, will, interesting Willie's comments after when the horse won at Leopardstown that he was worried a little bit, I think it was after the back of the second last, because Paul hadn't moved on him. And mm. I think Willie was thinking, well, is he going to get a move on here? Or, you know, <laughs> and Paul was in no rush whatsoever just to, to, to let him go and do as he liked. But you do keep beating the same horses. He's yet to be proven in what I will think at Cheltenham. I don't think there's any question about how he travels through a race, but... It, it will be a new experience for him. Should he be this short? I mean, he's he's been effortless. Andy Holden would tell us that his times have been, you know, top class. 
you know, how can you, you you not the performances? But you have got to take into account the track. Uh, most of Willie Mullins is though saying that, you know, over the over the last few years, how many horses haven't handled Cheltenham? Is <laughs> the probably Kemboy is about the one out of about hundred and twenty that doesn't have <laughs> Cheltenham over fences mm. as he might go and win the, the Stayers hurdle this year. You know? <laughs> but um yeah, I just think with all TR he's got the questions to answer. He does love Cheltenham and the drying ground with uh with Ed is telling us about the very it, it does look a very settled forecast going through as well there's, there's not a lot of ifs and buts so for, for all to yours point of view and the ground conditions will be fine i believe the cheap pieces that will be worn have had a very positive effect from a traveling point of view and from a jumping point of view and i think the jumping point of view is the interesting thing is in he's just in hanging in the air i believe that that, that they have helped him and i just think that he just looked lacklustre at Kempton, but yet he was only beaten three and a half lengths to Nubi Negra, who was pushed out all the way to the line, giving him six pounds at mm. Kempton. Uh, he loves Cheltenham. I think he'll come back to form. We know Politologue will rock and roll away. My slight worry for Politologue is as much that Harry Skelton is obviously going to be on Nubi Negra. And for whatever reason, in the back of my mind, I just have that, I'm not sure whether Harry Cobden gets on quite as well with the horse. Um, Sam Twiston Davis has obviously lots of experience by, with winning on him uh, before. But um, I, I think Politolog will not get a soft touch out in front like he did last year. And, you know, it, it, fell, it fell apart last year, didn't it, with the, uh, the non-runners with Shaq and, and, mm. uh, and Deputy Desai. So that the race did fall apart. Politolog, I have an ult- utmost respect for him. Ill, but I just think that he will not get his own way doing his own thing. And I think it will be a real end-to-end gallop. So I'm against Shaq and Porsoir purely and simply on the fact he's never travelled. He's never had Cheltenham experience. And um, I'm an altior each way in this to, to come back to form because... There will be absolutely no excuses, absolutely none. But if you do know he loves, he just absolutely loves Cheltenham. And older horses have a good record, don't you? When you think back to your Moscow Flyers and these two milers, if through the passage of time, although they get on getting on in age, they have a pretty good record. Mm. So, case put across to my good <laughs> friend, Mr. Ed Quigley. Uh, Go against me. No, I t- totally understand what you're saying, Andrew. I'm, I'm getting talked into backing out of your here. I, I listened to Alistair Down the other day who quoted the most absurdly overpriced horse of the entire festival. Um, it was quite interesting to, mm. to hear from, from him. Um, look, my, my heart would love to see it. I'd, I'd be screaming at the, the TV set if he came storming up the Chatham Hill. It's just, again, I, I'm not normally one to get uh, my head down in the, into the abacus of the stats, but... The record of 11-year-olds since World War II is absolutely dire. I mean, Moscow Fire managed to kind of roll back the years in this, but generally speaking, it takes a, a superhuman effort to come back at the age of 11 and regain uh, your former glories. I, I do agree uh, with Andrew. Like the, the one question mark over Chuck and Paul Swan, which sometimes does get overplayed, is the horse does have no form at Cheltenham. Um, it's not to say he won't act at Cheltenham, we just don't know. So do do you want to get stuck in it at 10 to 11 or 4 to 5 or whatever and potentially get your fingers burnt with that big unknown still on your CV? But in terms of what 
the horse is producing this year on the track. I mean, you're talking about 11-year-old Altior taking on the comeback. I mean, Politolog's 10 now. I thought he'd put in his place last time out. The, the challenges, are, they're very few and far between, if you see what I'm saying. I'll take the Altior each way point of view. If he... I think he'll run into a place. Whether he's good enough to win, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a head-scratcher with this race, uh, uh, being large. I think Chaka Bussois is likely winner. I think Alchor will be in the three. And if I was going to throw one in, who I think could run into a place at a big price, purely on the ground. And uh, the fact the stable have now suddenly hit a bit of form is Harry Whittington's Rouge Vif. Mm. He's about 25 to 1. If you go back to the Cheltenham October meeting when the ground was like Heathrow Airport, it was an absolute <laughs> runway. He, he, he was only a handicap. Uh, he was running in, but he was off a mark 156 and he absolutely pulverised the field on spring ground. Then the yard have had all sorts of issues with dodgy hay and they went three months without a winner and blah, blah, blah. And the ground went against him. Uh, I, I think he'll bowl along in front on, on if they get the ground, which is forecast, I think he could come into two out. It'll still be there. And I, and I think it will lead them. Uh, they'll go a real fair old clip with him at the head of affairs. Him and Politolog going hammer and tongs could be really exciting. So I, oh, I generally what about- and what about first flow? Do you think we should? As far I, as I can't have him at all, the, personally. Yeah. But as I, far as the race is concerned, that that will also guarantee a good solid gallop as yeah, well will, when the pace run, does drop. Yeah, it'd be running a mad old clip. I just with first flow. I mean, I remember when he ran in the Supreme and he was he was diving right-handed at every obstacle. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a coincidence here. All his best form is coming on right-handed tracks. Kid Bailey's always thought. He wants very deep ground. I mean, David Bass's quotes were soft ground's not heavy enough for him. So his form looks very good. Uh, and obviously, if this was at Ascot, he, he, you could argue he'd be joint favourite or very close, you know, second favourite. However, this is not Ascot. This is going to be Charlton on good to soft ground, uh, left-handed on quicker ground. There's going to be lots of other horses hassling for the pace. Uh, look, I, I, not for me, first flow, personally. I just don't think the race... This race is his. I think his peak was last time out. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Shaq and Borsoir to beat Altior with Rouge Vif as third. There we go. There's, there's the, it's a tricast. There's the tri-cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not convinced. I, like, I think Politolog, uh, I think he was. he's a lovable horse. He's a great one winner. He was obviously slightly flattered last year. Definitely Desoy went off two to five, round abysmally. Shaq and Borsoir was pulled out lame on the morning. Altior was pulled out 48 hours beforehand. I think the race kind of fell into his lap a little bit. Uh, put the kettle on. Uh, she won the Arqua last year. I'm not quite sure whether she's kicked on again since then. And then you're into the, what? Well, you're then coming to Rouge Vif, basically, aren't you? So it, it, this race will cut up to a single figure, you know, eight or nine runners, if that. And yeah, I, it's Shaka Borsoir's to lose. But Andrew, Andrew does make the right point. We don't know. Uh, the hurly-burly, a quick ground at Cheltenham. Uh, that's the kind of unknown for him. But it, what he's actually doing on the racetrack this year, uh, you, you, you kind of, Hoping he falters, I think, in order for others to cash in. So um, yeah, it's 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 look, nonetheless. Uh, just from a, a racing perspective, I think this would be absolutely brilliant to watch. With first flow, Politolog and Rouge Vif, those three going at it in, ahead of affairs, it should make up for an absolutely thrilling spectacle. Absolutely, and interesting to note as well for those uh, going to look more into the Rouge Vif form line. I mean, was sent off three to one for the Tingle Creek on the back of that that Cheltenham win, and you know, basically travelled well throughout the race, made him a bit of a, mis- a mistake two out, but didn't really lose much in defeat there. I guess it's the... The, the, Kempton... rain, the rain, the rain, it hammered it down, if you remember, yeah. the night before the Tingle Creek as well. And I think connections were umming and ahhing about whether to pull him out on the day. And I think Harry Whittington's line was like, well, we've come this far now and it is a grade one, let's yeah. roll the dice. And uh, again, coming to two out, he was, he was there and there. About, I think he's very ground dependent. And mm-hmm. as I said, for the first time, it feels like since... 
the days of medieval court jesters, we might actually get some good ground to, to race on. And I think <laughs> what that was going back to my point at the start of the show that could suddenly you could start looking at a lot of these favourites coming into Chanter Festival priced up on soft, slowly run, softer, heavy ground form, which doesn't mean to say they won't translate it, but what it also means are there are horses lurking further down in like almost a little bit forgotten that mm. do have some back class on what you would inverted commas call spring ground. So, you know, don't be afraid to trawl through the, uh, the form book and there are a few lurkers, shall we say, at bigger prices. Absolutely. And finished third last year in the Arkle as well. So some Cheltenham Festival form, again, on soft ground, not not the ideal uh, going for Rouge Fief there. And interestingly, Andrew, I think you must have a line straight into SpreadX in your uh, in your front room because they have pushed out to even money Chacun Poissois as we've been talking. <laughs> Four to six uh, with Bet365 and Bet Victor, even money with SpreadX. That is why it's important you use the Odds Checker app. Fools if you take the four to six available when there is even money there too. Uh, Andrew, we'll come back to you for the stayers where Time Hill and Paisley Park, they have won a piece in their recent battles against mm. each other and the market cannot split them at 130. Sider Burley um, is eight to one, a strong one for Andy holding anti-post as well. Roxana there at 12 to one, but we expect... Uh, her to go for the mares. Um, Florian Porter is 14 to 1. Champ, 16 to 1. We doubt we'll be showing up here given uh, that remarkable run over two miles a couple of weeks ago, surely set for a gold cup tilt. Uh, Liz Nagaroska, 16 to 1. So it's a messy market at the moment because a couple in there at the top end won't be turning up, but all being well, we should have a pretty good match at the top. Yeah, we should do. It's, you know, it. it we look at. We were thinking last year, if you have Paisley Park, he's just got to turn up. Um, and you're blown out the water by Liz Nagar Oscar. And you're thinking, where has that come from? Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, they've had the battles this year. Paisley Park, he's got over his uh, little, you know, heart murmur, which he had at the Cheltenham Festival last year. And they've sorted that out. Um, it's obviously be a slight concern going back into this year's Cheltenham Festival. As I said, do horses remember that sort of thing? Do you do they associate with going back to a place where I had a problem last time? There's there's always that to 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 note. But you know he put put that behind him by coming out and it was a taking turn of foot. If he hadn't got hampered at Ascot when Tyne Hill got collared, you know Richard Johnson was absolutely devastated. And you, he was the he was the only voice you could hear in the, on the on the TV coming past the winning yeah. post was was, uh, was him screaming. But <laughs> if you saw what happened to Paisley Park turning in, he'd have thought he nearly nicked one, mm. and because the horse probably lost momentum, grout three lengths, he'd have absolutely hosed up. Um, so it's interesting that they are as tight as they are at the top. We know that uh, obviously Tynil with the form of last year. You know, he got tightened up on the rail and he finished fourth at, uh, in the Albert Bartlett with Monkfish and what have you. So uh, I think it's it's set up for a very good race. And I don't think it, it's just a two-horse race because I think you've got to throw the likes of... I think you've got to throw the likes of Flooring Porter and and don't forget the most consistent horse in training, the storyteller, yeah. who's, you know, he won a Brown advisory over two and a half back in 2018. He was been second in the Potemps. He is what I would call, he is the most consistent horse in training, whether it's hurdles, fences, and he doesn't really get, I don't think, the recognition he deserves. And if he happened to line up in this, 
I tell you one thing, it, any horse that's up against him will know they've had a race. I think this is a lot tighter than the market is suggesting um, from the perspective. I think that it's more the hype of Paisley Park and Tyne Hill, which obviously takes them to the top. But I do think the Irish horses will certainly have a say. And with Lisnagar Oscar giving, I think, he ran a blinder up at Haydock on ground that probably wasn't ideal. And that horse coming back, and you've got to remember with the, 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 the trainers down the west side, they get the best of the weather the sooner, as soon as it comes. And they get mm. the worst of the weather when the winter comes along. So regarding your, your trainers down that neck of the woods, it's been good down there for the last three weeks. Rebecca uh, Curtis's horses are in pretty good nick on the whole. Um, so I, I certainly wouldn't rule out last year's winner either. I, I think it's a, it's a, it, it's muddling regarding you know, what do I think will win? I think I'd play against the top two. Flooring Porter, I really liked the performance last time out uh, beating the storyteller. I think he's improving. He's been quite busy, but he's certainly a horse that has is improving with experience. Very, very straightforward how the horse can be ridden. If there's no gallop on, he'll pop out handy. If there's a gallop on, he'll get he'll get a lead. So mm. I'm going to play a big each way shot and, and a flooring port is where I'd be looking. But I think it is a very open race. Easier to side with a horse that's never travelled at 14 to 1 than at odds on with Shaq and Poissoir, isn't it, as well? For those yep. listening, say, excuse me, Andrew, no, but then 14 to 1, you can take that risk, can't you? I guess. Um, Ed, over to you then. We've got the, the top two, or you can, like Andrew, side with, with taking one of those on with something at a bigger price. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I'd echo a lot of what Andrew's saying there. Um, obviously, the unknown fact of storyteller, the Gordon Elliott horses, including the side of Burley being another key player in this, given his Charlton Festival record, yeah. he'd have to come into the equation as well. But with those unknowns, it's, it's a bit tricky. Out of the top two, in answer to kind of your first point, I, I'd be slightly with Time Hill just because he's the younger, the fresher legs. And as Andrew says, like... Paisley Park, it's very different types of horses, aren't they? Time Hill's a horse who almost, he travels like a two and a half to two mile in the sense that he goes around on the bridle, tries to win it by kind of pace uh, in an eye-catching manner, if you see what I'm saying, and then toughs it out in the closing stages. Paisley Park is the type of horse <laughs> reminiscent of Ingalls Driever, comes off the bridle three from home, the kitchen sink goes into every race, and, uh, and they're just two totally different types of horses. Two things here. I just worry with horses like Paisley Park that there's only so many times you can keep going back to the well in the manner in which they run and eventually they just say they've they've had enough. And I just wonder, at the end of the day, father time does catch up with every horse. And I mean, the, I mean, crikey, he's favourite to win the race. Um, there's every chance he could still be as good as he was. But I just think after last year's run and the heart murmurs and everything, um, whether he can get back to his real best, I'm not quite sure. And I'd be tentatively be time hill. I think Richard Johnson... We'll try and play an even more of a waiting game. I'm not talking Archibald proportions here, but I, I think he'll they'll look to try and pounce rather than the closest stages, rather than try and get drawn into a battle because uh, there's that huge long run, isn't there? Was there only two mm. flights of hurdles in the last seven furlongs um, in, in the stairs hurdle? I don't think he'd want to get into a battle too far out. I think he'll be covered up and and they'll try and play him a bit later. It again, it's just a really fascinating race in terms of the, the dynamic of how it's going. I would be if those protagonists, I'd be tentatively with uh with time hill towards the top of the market um obviously the big unknown whether side of burley and storyteller turn up that's a huge bearing on proceedings uh, if i was going to throw in one an absolute hail mary um uh, i mean it's actually stupid price i think he's around 80s 
Reserve Tank of Colin Tizard. Now, they've said they're going to let him have a, uh, probably have a, a run in this. Now, again, I was going through the runners, and just purely for the basis of, I think there's about 12 horses ahead of him, even 13 horses ahead of him in the anti-post list who actually aren't going to run. Yeah. Um, if you can get a bit of non-runner, no bet here, it sounds like connections are, are keen to roll the dice. Let's not forget two years ago, he was a grey one winner over hurdles. I mean, he thumped the opposition entry, he then went to Punchestown and won a grey one. He's had all sorts of issues since. He came back in the national spirit. He finished last to five. However, he did kind of make a bit of eye-catching late headway over that two-mile, three-furlong trip. That was his first run for a year since a hairline fracture in his pelvis. And Joe Tizard said, look, he hasn't even managed to gather proper and away day uh, with what they, they think he'll come on a bundle for that. Uh, basically, I think he's around the 80 to one mark. It sounds like they're going to run. If he doesn't run, look at the non-runner, no bet proviso. Mm. Crucially, he's a spring horse. All his form, he comes alive in the spring. Uh, he could just be one to, to run a big race at massive odds. Uh, I mean, if he, he grabbed third on the line, it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the history of horse racing. But um, I'd be... Um, yeah, by and large, if I was going to play the percentages, I'd be with Philip Hobbs and Time Hill. Time Hill, they're 130. Reserve Tank, 66 to 1 with Sky Bet and Unibet. No, non no, no, no bet are your best prices there. You know, important to remember here, you look back 12 months ago, his second previous <coughs> start went off 12 to 1 in the Ballymore. Um, so you can see, um, sorry, in, yeah, in the Marsh. So you can see um, there that it wasn't too long ago he was seen as a serious Chartland contender in in a decent race, which Sam Crow of course won. Things didn't go to plan, but only two runs since, and uh, a massive price of sixty six to one put up by Ed. On then to the Gold Cup, the final race we're going to preview in full before doing the banker or busts and the daily naps. Album photo is the eleven to four favourite, looking for the Gold Cup hat trick. But Champ, as I say. I mean, as impressive as a horse can be without winning, I think, last time, given that nobody expected uh, him to get as close as he did over the over the shorter trip of two miles. First run for a, a long, long time at five to one. Aplutard, six to one. Royal Pagal, 11 to one. Unlikely to run here. Santini, last year's runner up, 14 to one. Minella Indo, 14 to one. Kemboy, 14 to one. Froden, 14 to one. Native River, former winner of this race, 16 to one. And Ed, that just shows how deep this race is that we're talking about native river you know a, a horse that's run a decent race this uh this year who looks bang in form a former winner of this race of 16 to 1 santini uh, you know the ground concerns are clear and uh, given what you've been saying but still last year's runner up and a stamina test right fitting down to suit 14 to 1 incredible gold cup yeah, it's, it's uh, as you'd expect, it's stack full of quality, isn't it? I mean, lost in translations, uh, a multiple grade one winner. He's going to be, what, 33-40 to idea. Yeah, it really is <laughs> fascinating. I don't I don't have a particularly strong view on, on the race. Uh, so hard to kind of quantify album photo. But the problem with album photo is you'll never know, really know when he's gone out of form purely because we never really see him, if you see what yeah. I'm saying. So he has such a light prep. Uh, he's arriving here on a hat trick. He's a horse that hasn't really captured the public's imagination. And maybe that is in part because we don't see him very often. Or maybe it's just in part he's got a name which no one on earth knows what's going on with it, um, of, of our boom photo. But look, nonetheless, uh, Champ's a funny one, given that he's now five to one uh, to win a gold cup on the basis of finishing runner-up in a two-mile chase. <laughs> so I've said, if, if you try to explain that to someone outside of racing, they say they look at you like you're know, from another planet. But obviously, he won, the, he won what was the RSA last year when he powered up the hill. Um, the, the key point here is, though, uh, as Nicky Henderson said, he sent him for his away days at Henrietta Knights for intensive schooling. And there was a bit of a jumping test around Newby over two miles. And I think that's what would have pleased Connections the most 
was how much slicker he looked in the jumping department. I mean, he jumped a lot better there than he did even when he won the RSA last year. And I think that bodes well when they just go that half yard slower over three and a quarter miles. I think he'll, that bodes well. And I think it's, I think it's fairly wide open in all honesty. Um, I, I think a Plutard is perhaps the, the horse who's been a, a little, I say, overlooked his third favorite but um everyone seems to be talking about everything else at the moment rather than up Tar's performance last time out in Savills was absolutely fantastic and there's a few of these horses since have had hard battles on very soft ground coming in here fresh might not be the worst idea in the world so yeah I, i'm generally speaking it's, it's the handicaps and a few others where i have the strong views on here i think it's fairly wide open i don't really know what to make of the top two in the market. Um, I'd be tentatively again with Aplutar, but uh, again, as you say, there's 10 horses in here. If you've all got some incredible back class and, and the ground could play a big part, couldn't it? Cause you, you just mm. wonder whether the likes of native river, if the weather holds up true uh, Santini native river, would they just have the pace on that type of decent ground to, the car to stay with them? We shall see, but no, I'll leave it to Andrew. See if he's got a strong view, but I'm, um, I'm a uh, Aplutar slightly. <laughs> Slightly uply tired, a little bit late, a little bit very late. Um, six to one, uni bet, uh, bet three six five and hills. Andrew, um, I think I think Alban Forto with the the drying conditions, which looks set, it looks set fair, will definitely play to his strengths. I thought I thought he won the Gold Cup on slower ground last year when maybe the conditions weren't. I think he's better, better horse on decent ground, mm. and that Gold Cup that Gold Cup track as well. It drives quicker than it's. It's a lot drier track than the, the the other the 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 outside track. The inside track is that ground on the Gold Cup track is only jumped. It has a year off. It's so fresh, and it it's a lot lot sharper. I remember when War of Attrition won it. It was lightning quick. If you don't get if you don't get any rain, it'll be. I don't care what they call it. It'll be on the sharp. It'll be on the quick side for the Gold Cup by the time it dries up for the Friday. End of story. Um, mm. And that for Native River and Santini, it's just a no, isn't it? We saw how Native River, he, he loves juice underfoot. And I, I think he's right back to his best. But the ground conditions, I believe, are just going to play against him. Um, as far as uh, Champ, yeah, the jumping has to stand up. Um, they won't be hanging around. He he was. I was very impressed the way he went about things. Um, you know the way he stayed on last year up the hill from a, an uncompromising position. But it'll be you know you're obviously into deeper waters and it hasn't been the ideal preparation. And one thing you think you do know the way you saw the other day, he should tra- he should travel if nothing else through the race. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that's what you'd have to be pleased. I, I'd agree with Ed. A Plutard, you know, he, he obviously won the uh, the race that isn't at Cheltenham any longer. Uh, the two and a half mile handicap in, in impressive fashion with Rachel. He's a he's a good traveller. He likes the track. You can't rule Frodan out on good ground. Mm, um, I was going to say. You can't rule him out on good ground. I think, I think you'll find, obviously, last year, I think um, Bryony just tried to, to ride a race, I th- I think for, for me with Frodon, don't even think about pace. Just get him out that gate and get him in top gear, mm. and just make sure that you are sharper than everybody else. He's very quick at the start. That's one thing about him. Yeah, they're walking him, but he has got that two and a half mile pace, and he loves that track. If he gets on the rail and gets gets loose on the front end, he could be he could be very very dangerous on good 
fast ground. Whereas I think you'll find there's quite a lot in here. If it is just on the quick, I, there are quite a few of them might not enjoy it in that respect. And I think you just go as quick as you can. Because with a horse like him, he won't go too quick. End of story. Um, but I, I, the one that's lurking for me, it just, they, they've had a, an average season, to say the least. But the season hasn't finished. or For them, it hasn't really started. I've something lurking in the back of my head telling me that lost in translation, they always keep saying that he has to have good ground. And he has rarely had it. I remember watching him when he went around Carlisle, was it three years ago? He was on springs and the ground was probably near a good, good to firm. Now, if you do happen to get fast ground, this horse won't have had it for so long. I think he'll, and the sun on his back with Mr. Mr. Ed, Ketley, <laughs> Fish, telling us that the ground and the, the forecast is a very, it's very settled. Lost in translations too big because when you look through the ones, some of the ones ahead of him, there's probably three or four that won't line up. There's three or four that genuinely want soft ground. This is one horse in here that genuinely wants top of the ground. And mm. he's a spring horse. You know, he's genuinely a spring horse. So I, I can, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm in a very, very forgiving nature this morning. <laughs> and, uh, it just feels sun on his back. Wouldn't rule him out. You see, you see some big price. You always see every year there's big priced horses kicking around. For me, he's, he won't be 33 to 1 on the day. If, 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 if and what we think is going to be a good ground goal cup. So, all over the favourite, I look, you know, the, the, the favourite is absolutely rock solid. He was more impressive as Tremor this year than he was last year. He's only nine. You know, that, that's, that's for, for a National Hunt three mile chaser, you are in your pomp. Mm. So uh, he's carried all before him now. So I, I think he'll take the beating, but I wouldn't rule Lost in Translation out at big prices. I can sympathise with Lost in Translation as well, because I don't know about you, but last week when the sun came out and I was on my daily walks, I found myself had a bit of a spring in my step as well. So uh, <laughs> I can see where that comes from, from Lost in Translation. But, and also, the yard, yards come, go, they've been out of form, but. You know, we see a lot of yards in form coming into Cheltenham, and all of a sudden it goes quiet two weeks before. Mm. You know, one another trainer, Philip Hobbs's horses have just clicked, and he will be, you know, going into Cheltenham. He, he's he hasn't got any what I'd say do good chances, but it wouldn't surprise me if I've got I've got something a little bit later on. We'll talk about I think is a good each way price. Interesting stuff, and interesting what you said about Frodon as well. Not worrying about the pace. One of my favourite stats about Frodon since uh, the win dot back in 2018, Frodon has won seven races and the two and a quarter length victory on Boxing Day in the King George over waiting patiently was the biggest winning margin. Says a lot about that horse, uh, indeed. We're going to move on now then from the race previews uh, and look at the some of the festival hot pots, the ones that I'm sure. We plastered around about the big, the big hackers that are going to cost the bookies millions. Uh, we'll see <laughs> what uh, what the guys think about about these ones. But we'll start with the supreme. It is appreciate it, appreciate it. Currently, best price seven to four. Uh, for the sake of the the length of this podcast, I'm going to try and limit your guys' answers to quick banker or bust, and then quickly tell me why. Ed, start with you. Appreciate it. 
uh, bust. If you're done for a turn of foot, I think Bally Adams smashes him up on ground, which would be a lot quicker. And I think there's a lot quicker horses in here. And I think he could just be exposed. Don't forget, Fernie Hollow went past him like he was stood still in the bumper last year. Uh, Willie Mullins himself said he thought he could end up being an Albert Bartlett type at the start of the season. He's ended up here on default of being a very good grade one winner on very deep ground. I think ground is key. And I think he'll be exposed. Bust. Appreciate it, Andrew. Bust. Likes of Soaring Glory, who's uh, a traveller. Metier, I think, is very, very interesting. You know, it's going to be good to soft on the first day. It ain't, it ain't going to be soft, but, you know, Metier is like, a, unlike a lot of horses in this sphere, coming from the flat, you know, good to soft, flat gra- uh, jump ground is, is slower than that. I don't think he's just a mudlark mm. uh, in that respect. He's a very good traveller, very good traveller with a turn of foot. And there is others in here appreciated. And um, with Ed, bust for me. Two busts. Onto the Arkle Shishkin, even money best price at the moment. Seems a bit harsh to call Shishkin a banker, given I think uh, Energamine has a lot of people uh, as being the banker of the week anyway. But Shishkin, even money. Andrew, you, th- you first. Banker. Um, I just think Energamine's, when you look through his times of his races over two mile one, there it's on deep ground and has been beating the same horses. Whereas Shishkin, gosh, supreme winner, travels. I think he's the real deal, as in, I think he'll travel through the race. He's very, very straightforward. His last half of the race, exhilarating at Doncaster and Kempton. Mm. Exhilarating. I just think he'll have too many gears. Good stuff. Banker there, Shishkin for Andrew. Ed? Uh, Shishkin wins unless I've been looking at last year's weather forecast by accident and we end up with heavy ground. <laughs> um, uh, on on very testy ground, I think Edna Gamina come into it and he's got form over a lot further on soft ground. But I think Shishkin, let's not forget, look back at last year's Supreme. The ground was probably too soft for him, at least according to Dickie Henson. He nearly got brought down and he still got up and showed his class to win. Yeah, I think he jumped around and he wins. So what you're saying is Anagamine should be sent not to the marsh, but to the RSA, which is the race <laughs> I backed him for I, I, three actually, months ago. I, funnily enough, I think on the new, the new court, because there's, there's a chance that they might end up having to water the new course if some conditions continue like this. And I think the more stamina, the stamina laid in new course over two and a half would probably suit Anagamine a little bit more. It's just my view. I think on good ground over two miles, I think Shishkin wins. Double banker Shishkin, uh, Contatista then, last year's Mez Novice winner in the Mez 5-4 to four best price, Ed. I'm going to go bust. I think she's the best mare in the lineup. Again, uh, it's very limited data, but the two times she's run on ground officially quicker than soft, she's been beaten both times. Not to say she didn't run badly on both those occasions. She did run well. But if you watch the way she won that race last year, she's got fair old knee action on her, this mare. I'd just be worried on ground a lot quicker than she's used to. And and I think there's horses in here that could easily beat her. Roxana's a very good mare. We saw she only finished, what, a length behind the likes of Paisley Park and Time Hill going back to the Ascot run uh, back in December. She lines up, to, she's not out of it. I think Dame de Companion, of course, uh, Nicky Henson, she's going to run. She won the Coral Cup last year. So there's some, some decent sorts in here. I I just think I'm being boring, but ground is key. Uh, I would take on just <coughs> on the basis of the ground. So bust there, Concertista. Andrew? Uh, bust as well, yeah. Roxana, arm and arm. Roxana, I think she's, I think she's just improved, and I, I, I like the way Harry Skelton, his his riding has improved so much. His patience, as much as anything, has 
he's exuding confidence. You know, <laughs> one thing's guaranteed: he's never going to lose his job. <laughs> from, a, from a jockey's perspective, I can tell you one thing: it's great when you've got everybody having your back. So, but you can see in his riding, though, it's um, you know, and this is a mare that is just thriving on confidence, mm. and he will be glued to Consista's con, tail, you know, because I think he knows he'll have the boot. Yeah, so Consista double bust for the guys. Um, then on to, we've got three more of these. Royal Pagal is next up in the National Hunt chase for Venetia Williams. Andrew? Bust. <laughs> I think, I, I believe that, um, looking through his form, I don't think he's seen a hill in his life. You know, <laughs> Hempton, Haydock, um, all the tracks, and before that, running around our toy. I'd be very interested to see how he... He goes through, uh, goes through here because, you know, the jumping has been very sketchy in the early part of some of the races, you know, and and the ground conditions, you know, couldn't be soft enough. So, I I, I believe if he goes for the national hunt chairs, it's the right race, but I'd be very concerned about the conditions underfoot. There we go, bus roll Pagal. Ed, your chuckle makes me think you're going to be bus too. Yeah, I thought myself and Andrew could actually disagree on everything here, but um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, massive bust. I think, especially if Galvin doesn't line up, he's going to go off around even money for National Hunt Chase. Uh, all these forms on flat tracks in deep ground. Admittedly, he's absolutely wiped the floor of his rivals, but there were races, I think he beat 136 rated rival, 132 rated rival, 140 rated rival, something in that ballpark. Uh, totally different ball game here. Uh, yeah, just on price grounds, really. He could even go off odds on. He'll be a bust. Bust there, Royal Pagal. Two to one at the moment, though. So Yeah, you know. but if Galvin, obviously Galvin doesn't run. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. This race is going to cut up immensely. Um, yeah, he's going to be a very, very short price horse on the day in the National Hunt Chase. Brown Advisory Novice Chase. Sorry, shouldn't have said RSA earlier. Uh, Monkfish is 8 to 11, the shortest price horse at the moment at the Cheltenham Festival. Ed, can you pick a hole in Monkfish's chances here? Uh, no, really. In a <laughs> word. I, I think he's he's rock solid. Uh, I don't. What I would say is I don't think he'll win as impressively as everyone's making out. Everyone's kind of given every preview night I listen to. He's going to jump around, win fifteen lengths, and you know he should be running in a gold cup. I think it never quite works out like that. And I, I do think like uh, Colin Tizard's horse, a big breakaway, I think will, you know, the Tizard yard have had a bit of an upturn in form. I think he'll run a good race. I think there's a couple of others in here who will run good races, but essentially he just looks like a horse who gets the job done, doesn't he? And he mm. jumps, jumps absolutely superbly, uh, which is obviously what you need to win this race. And I, I think he'll win. So that's a banker there for Ed Monkfish. Andrew? Yeah, he's 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 a he's what I think he's like a Florida pearl back in the day. Um, <laughs> quality, just quality. How how he won at last year's Cheltenham Festival in the frame of a horse, you know, he was literally, he, he was a frame, you know. And now what you you see, he's just furnished, matured, and he's jumping for a, a big horse. He he dances on the boards. He, you know, he's handled he handled the the course last year. I see no holes in him. He's um, he's one of those horses that I'm sure Paul's just really enjoying looking to ride because he's just straightforward. You pop him out, you sit on him, point him in the right direction. High cruising speed, quick enough. Thank you very much. I'll take the money. 
point and shoot for my fish. <laughs> point and shoot. Finally, envoy Alan Thor, looking like Henry de Bromhead. Uh, five to six best price at the moment for envoy Alan. I have a feeling the envoy Alan um double with monkfish could be quite a popular one uh here in the marsh on the thursday and by alan five to six andrew oh i love him yeah um i know he's you know paul obviously paul nichols mentioned these he's he obviously changed yards it's not ideal but, but he's he's a rolls he's the rolls royce of uh race horses um you know silky smooth Loves, love, loves. I just love the horse. I love the horse. Mm. You know, you can't. There's not. You, you say, oh, he's never had a battle. Yeah, but there's nothing been able to get near him. <laughs> <in the battle. laughs> you know, there was half a scare. There's a half a scare last time at Cheltenham coming down the hill, and it was a literally. Was it? Was it half a scare? Davy knew what he had underneath him. Mm. He knows the horse will pick up, and um, obviously different different combination jacks on him this time. I feel. I really feel for Davy Russell. God, what a rough time he's had. And, you know, this is a horse that um, he's got a great association with. He's going to be watching. It's going to be very difficult for him to watch the horse going round. But he'll, he'll be like everybody else. You like to see these kind of horses coming through. And it's you're always looking ahead of what they might produce. But they've always talked him up as a Gold Cup horse. You know, he is the, the perfect specimen. Banker. The perfect specimen from one perfect specimen to another, Ed. <laughs> I'll send you that check later. Yeah. Um, now, um, splinters on my backside here. I'm, 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 no. ten, ten, not go on, go against not me. Go against I'll go, I'll go against you. Oh, all right. Put it this way. Again, I think he's the most likely winner, but I just worry about him. From a punting perspective, I do, just to play devil's advocate, I just wonder whether he could be undercooked for this. He's had three novice chases. He's been one to 14, one to seven. And then he's on paper, his toughest race last time out. His main rival, he had to give weight to a steering flange, crashed out at the first. I, I just think there's going to be a lot of pace on here. Shamblu's going to go along like the clappers. I think Chantry House has come back to form. Uh, you know, is the late stable switch. Uh, uh, if you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said he's an all-in job. I don't know what it is. I'm suddenly getting the jitters about him in, in, in the 11th hour. But, you know, a bit like um, the, the, the theatre actor forgetting his lines. I don't know. Um, I'll go against him just to just to liven things up. I, I just something's telling me that um, I just like to have seen him add one more bit of match practice at a higher level. We know his hurdling form was fantastic, and that win in the Ballymore, as Andrew says, it was a matter of strides. You thought, well, hang on a minute, there's trouble here. He ate up the ground in absolutely no time. You know, uh, it was it was fantastic. Just over fences, he's not had to prove anything yet, but at the same time, he hasn't proven anything yet. And you're taking odds on uh, about him doing it in a grey winter festival. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit torn. I've got to be honest, but just, just for the sake of the show, I'll take him on. I'll take him on. <laughs> taking on Envoy Allen, brave man, five to six. Uh, that is the end of the banker or bus part of this podcast and video. Now it's time for the daily naps. Again, we're going to have to keep it short, keep it sweet, but uh, Ed, come to you first. What's your nap for Tuesday? Uh, Bally Adams win the Supreme Novice Hurdle. You, you, you can give us a bit of a chat, otherwise, or is it just simple? Uh, <laughs> well, it was, it, was tw- it was twelve lengths behind. Appreciate it at Christmas. Um, obviously, when the Elliot team had all the issues, the horses and mucuses in their lungs, he got the gap down to four lengths on very tested ground last time out at Leopardstown, and he missed the last hurdle. He landed on all fours. He's a strong traveller. If you want that, you want a bit of spiel. The best insight you can get is from Jamie Codd, not from myself. He rode. 
Uh, Bally had him in both his bumper starts. He was beating it one to four in heavy ground on his debut. He then went, uh, I think it was to Downpatrick on good ground and absolutely won doing handstands and uh, purportedly got off and he said the difference in the horse on heavy compared to good was like absolute chalk and cheese. And mm. I just think this is a real strong traveller. He's naturally the quicker horse then appreciate it. And I'm just harping on about it again. I think on decent ground, it's going to be no worse than good to soft. I think he'll do him for turn of foot. Bally Adam for the sprint. Bally Adam, 7-1, pretty much across the board. Andrew? Well, look, I'm going to take Ed on. Um, you can couple them together. Metier. Mm. Two, two, to, two to take, you know, seven to, you know, couple them together. 7-1 seven seven the To take on, appreciate it. So, Metier, in the fact that, you know, he won a Tolworth hurdle by... You know, dial your distance. Yes, it was very, very testing ground. He's a, a, a 90 rated horse on the flat. He's got natural speed, which will carry him into a race and very fluent at his hurdling as well. And I think he's hardy as well. I don't think he genuinely has to have it on raceable ground, um, but he's just a horse that's caught, caught the imagination and uh, he's, he's a hardened horse who I think trip will be fine and you know he gets a bit further but he doesn't need two and a half like I worry that appreciate it on good ground will want that for a bit further so Metier for me Metier for Andrew 7-1 with Hills although they are not non-running no bet 6-1 to one, kind of general price there on to Wednesday then Andrew stick with you what's your Wednesday nap? Uh, Wednesday nap is going to be Bob Ollinger. I'm going to take on Galliard de Mesnil in the uh, the Ballymore. Uh, um, he's a, I've just liked he, he, the likability factor. Galliard de Mesnil, obviously, he's a very strong traveller in his races. Um, you know, he has the hood on for a reason. There's going to be no excuse saying, will the crowd get to him at the festival? Because I'm lucky that I'm going to be at the festival for five lives. So I'll, I'll give you a cheer. I'll give you a cheer. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it'll upset Galliard de Mesnil. But I do like Bob Ollinger, the way he's gone through the races. Brave Man's Game is obviously in that race. He's been very, very slick with his hurdling. And he's been talked in the, the, the same breath as the likes of Denman. But I just worry if, it was, if, if there were drying conditions, how he would cope with it. So uh, I'm with Bob Ollinger in the Ballymore. Bob Ollinger in the Ballymore, 130s best price currently with Boyle Sports as short as five to two elsewhere and a sea of blue on odds checker. Ed, uh, in up. Yeah, I'm going to the Grand Annual in the handicap Ooh. horse Philip Hobbs is called Zanza, who uh, was a uh, absolutely hacked up at Newby on his penultimate start. Was last seen at Cheltenham in the uh, the decent handicap one by Sky Pirate. Of course, all the talk was about Sky Pirate in the aftermath. People seem to be forgetting this horse was absolutely cantering all over the field at the time of his departure. Um, three out. Listen to Philip Hobbs. It's almost a little bit like they come straight here to protect his mark. They still think there's more scope off a mark of 145. Should get ground come in his favour. He's progressive. He's only seven. I was going through the Grand Annual um, last night at 1am, as exciting as my life is. And um, <laughs> there's, 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 there's a lot of old favourites, but the handicapper knows where he is with them, or the handicapper knows where they are with them, should I say. Uh, Zanza, I'm not quite sure whether they got to the bottom of him. I know there's been a lot of money for Zanza in recent, in recent days. I think he's in around the 10 to 1 mark now, but I can understand the confidence, shall we say. Well, decent ground, Hobbs team hitting a bit of form. Uh, Zanza, Richard Johnson on in the Grand Annual. Zanza 12 to 1 with the Sky Bet and Unibet both non-run no bet. 
Uh, you, you need better not actually for the race. Just Sky Bet Hills also that price two for Zanza. Uh, on then to Thursday, Ed Pertemps, was it? Yeah, Champagne Platinum in the Pertemps final. Uh, Nicky Henderson gets in off one three nine. Uh, how should we say, was patiently ridden at Haydock last time out in order to qualify for this contest, got himself into the top six. Uh, he's been crying out for three miles, good ground, those famous colours of J.P. McManus, we all have a handicap plot with them. Uh, he's got nice, nice racing weight. Yeah, I think he's absolutely rock solid. I'd be very disappointed if he jumps round and is not finishing in the places. Champagne Platinum. He, uh, I even think each way now at round eights is still very, very solid. You're not getting any eight. Seven to one oh. best price. That's with William Hill. Uh, but five places you are getting. Taking on Imperial Alcazar for Fergal O'Brien. As I mentioned, do go and check out the day in the life of Fergal O'Brien on the Odds Checker YouTube page. We talk about Imperial Alcazar and his chances in full. Also some interesting points from Fergal about the... Irish handicappers and how in this race in particular it's pretty hard to get the measure of them um, so maybe a word of caution for Champagne Platinum and Imperial Alcazar but do go back and watch the video fascinating, fascinating stuff Fergal is a great great man uh, and I think it's quite a good video Andrew over to you for the Thursday yeah I'm going to go in the in the, in the foot war in Kim Muir we obviously know amateurs on the board but these uh, other for Philip Hobbs I mentioned his yard mm. and you mentioned uh, uh, they're just clicking. Uh, this horse won at Sandown, won well, likes to be popped out handy. Richard Johnson been on board. I think it'll be a bonus because he's got a, a good record on the horse. Horse finished fifth in the uh, the race last year. Runs off the same mark. Um, will be up there at the top of the weights. I think about a 14 to 1 chance, 14, 16 to 1 chance. Mm. I think, you know, a lot of firms will be paying first five. I think that is a a good each way angle into a yeah it's an open handicap but again i go back to yard in form and coming into the race and has got form around the track dace abba 16 to 1 with unibet but no nrnb uh but 14 to 1 pretty much general elsewhere there for andrew um then last day we've finished already ed friday yeah, um, the Irish won't hear a defeat of the Triumph, but I think Tritonic looks the real deal. And with a dry forecast, he's, he's got serious gears, this horse. He was rated 99 on the flat, two from two over hurdles. Anning King has a great record in this race. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be greedy enough too here because he's a favourite. No one wants to hear that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw one in the county hurdle for Paul Nichols and potentially Harry Cobden called Time White who absolutely tanked uh, through the Betford hurdle. I think he yeah. actually touched a uh, favourite in running coming to three out. He went out like a light. Uh, Nichols has said there's a little issue they've sorted, and they also think he'll strip much fitter for that outing. On spring ground, I think he's a huge price. He's such a strong traveller. He'll come there, you know, into the home straight, going as well as anything. And if he's approved the, the kind of 10% for fitness, as Nichols alludes, he will he will on the back of last time out's effort. I think he's a, he's a major each way player for the yard, which have, uh, have won this a couple of times before. Yeah, I was on. Um, oh. <laughs> and and I, I was on I was on for the Betfair hurdle and and jumping basically jumping the last you know the each way money was was secure and it was just whether or not we won or not and we ended up finishing twenty five lengths back back just, in eight. He, or he just, just he, he did tire and you do wonder whether there's an underlying issue but you also trust the great man Paul Nichols uh, when he when he says it look it, it was fitness um, you take on trust he's he's a mate he's a big player and he's been dropped a pound for that. 
which yeah. I think is a, is interesting. Off 140. Um, yeah. So Tritonic and Time White on the Friday. Time White, 33 to 1. Tritonic, best price now, 5 to 2. Joint favouritism with Zana here. Andrew, take us out here. This is the last one. What is the nap on Friday? A nap on Friday. He's a left field one for you. I love a hunter chase. I love a hunter chase. <laughs> I, I was all over Hazel Hill when he won a couple of years ago. Um, I was at Annick when Red Indian won up there and trained by Kelly Morgan. And this horse ran against a Plutard a couple of years ago at the Cheltenham Festival, finished mid-division in that. He's a 140-rated uh, chaser. Uh, they do great jobs, Kelly. Laura Morgan's doing fantastic under rules. Kelly, sister, uh, equally adept point-to-point. Only a nine-year-old. But these, these horses that have shown form before, I think Red Indian in the uh, the Hunter Chase is overpriced because obviously at the top of the market, Willie's got Bills where you've got Bob and Co. But this horse would be on a par with Bob and Co under rules. So mm. um, will be three times the price. So Red Indian each way in the Hunter Chase. Red Indian 14 to 1 with Unibet. So when the Gold Cup's over... You started oh. a, little, a little bit sad, <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you're thinking to yourself, what am I going to back here? And you're going to remember Andrew Thornton on the Odds Checker anti-post preview, gave a nice little <laughs> word for Red Indian, and then hopefully you're going to be back in the winner's enclosure after that. Thank you very much to both Andrew and to Ed for joining us today for this anti-post preview. Our Cheltenham Festival preview special in association with Betfair, we'll be with you next Thursday, Thursday the 11th of March. Our guests for that one are Andy Holding, Tony Calvin and Barry Orr, where we'll preview every single race, every single day, leaving absolutely no stone unturned. Those more extensive previews will be published on our YouTube channel and podcast platforms. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel as well. Please do download the app, You'll get all of the best tips there, including bookie offers, of which there'll be loads over Cheltenham. Extra place terms, of which there will also be loads over Cheltenham. Bookie offers, everything, free bets, you name it. You can get it all on the Odds Checker app. Most importantly, though, of course, do enjoy the racing and please do gamble responsibly. Mm-hmm.